Hi, I'm Liz. And I'm Rhea. Welcome to Karma's My Bitch, a podcast about love, sex, connection, abundance, joy, purpose, peace, and how life isn't simply the stories we tell ourselves. So sometimes when we are in our karmic process, we just find that our lives tend to blow up. But I found that it's generally towards the end of it that my implosion happens. And I think sometimes, well, I think it goes without saying, the bigger the the implosion, the bigger the lesson. (laughs) What do you mean by implosion? So as we've talked about, you know, when we're going through this process and and, and to get to 5D, right, one is consciousness. And when just in expanding our consciousness at all, we get to a point where not only do we need to divest ourselves of our ego, but we need to burn out our fear and we need to deconstruct our egos. Okay. And as we, many of us have might, might have experienced, if we've gotten to the ego bit, that's the part that holds on tight. That's the part that's yes. often the hardest thing to really release ourselves from. Well, it kind of makes sense though, because fear is vanquished the second we see it for what it is, right? In all its little bits. It might be really hard to yeah. make that move, make that choice, etc. But once we do, we do. Mm-hmm. And whatever happens, happens. And once we're able to get to a place where we can listen to our hearts and be like, okay, what do I feel like doing? What is my choice here? Once we take responsibility, all that kind of stuff, then we're able to kind of choose our way through our karma, right? And mm-hmm. choose our way through our fear. But the thing about ego is it effectively remains intact during that time. Like it comes off, it, it starts working its way off because it's not as necessary. Yes. But in I my, mean, its power diminishes a bit when the fears go. Because you don't need it as much. Right. But effectively our ego is that little, am I right in saying our ego is that little voice in our head? Yes, when we're holding fear, it certainly is. Ego is the thing that tells us to control. Ego is the thing that mm-hmm. wants to keep us safe. Yes. Ego is the thing that wants to predict and plan mm-hmm. and have the expectations. It feels like fear is the informed by the past. Mm-hmm. Whereas ego is the one that's always thinking of the future. Ah, I like that. So in our human identity, it's very natural for us to want to control and plan and say, well, if this happens, then the other mm-hmm. must happen, etc. And act in a place from, well, I want to receive this, so I will do this in order to. That's very ego-based, but it's also how it's always been done. So you're not just necessarily breaking out of your own ego. You're also, in a way, breaking out of the matrix. I mean, I don't know how to say that in any other way, right? So that's also you moving from 3D to 5D is going, I don't have any expectations here. Mm-hmm. I have to live in the uncertainty. I've yes. got no fucking idea what's going on. You and know, I can I accept anything. And I can accept that I don't necessarily know everything or yeah. anything. But then the other side of expectations in the ego, which I would just throw out there to just think about, is mm-hmm. that... Because of whilst living in 3D separation, you know, one of the governing, for me anyway, one of the governing rules was it's good until it gets bad, right? We're always waiting for the other shoe to drop. We're always waiting for polarity to come along and balance out the joy with some smacking of sadness. (laughs) Or a bitch slap of sadness. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So effectively, a lot of our expectations that are based from our ego was things are going to go wrong now. Things are going to go bad here. Things are going to get painful. And... That is all the ego trying to protect us from the what if that happens. Mm -hmm. But actually, 
what I found as well is it's quite limiting because if my ego is always going there to, oh my God, I'm going to get hurt or, oh my God, it's going to be the worst decision I've ever made, then actually I keep living in the story that it can't just get better and better. Yeah. Or it can't you know just be I mean? different in a more positive way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's always going to be some kind of like, I, I'm almost fueling the life's going to blow up in my face story yes. yeah. instead of trying to transcend it. Exactly. Which is actually the whole point, right? I know a lot of the times when we talk about this stuff, so you can learn from joy, things can get better. Growth and evolution doesn't have to be painful mm-hmm. all the time. But it's really hard to believe if the ego's there going, well, just in case, let's yes. just plan for the world <laughs> hedge. ending. Hedge, hedge, yeah. <laughs> Which is always keeping us in that state of polarity. And so long yeah. as we remain in polarity, we're not necessarily in 5D. And that's the other nuance I'd like to throw out there is that mm-hmm. when I first heard a lot about this stuff and I was like, okay, well, we can look at it differently. So we can always turn a negative into a positive. For example, I got ghosted, but I got to meet my shadow. Therefore, there is no right and wrong because I got to overcome my shadow and then everything was great as a result, right? Yes. But, it's all positive and, and, in the end. Yeah. Ex- yeah. <laughs> but that's still operating from pl- polarity. Mm-hmm. That's still operating from a place of even if it's shit, there'll be a reason for the shit. Yes. The lessons might be really tough, but we'll be better afterwards. Mm-hmm. That's still operating from that place. And I think once we're yes. in 5D, things aren't that much of a, oh, it's so terrible. So look how great I am now. It's more of a, ah. yes. like, I don't really know how to explain that without not using a sound is that it you don't need to over explain or you don't need to gratitude the lesson Mm -hmm. in order to show that it was good for you right because it's just really like it just becomes it is what it is because nothing's so bad exactly everything that happens to you that feels icky Mm -hmm. i'm not going to use the word bad i'm going to say icky is showing us where we're not in our power in some way or where we're not embracing we're designing and co-creating our lives Mm -hmm. then very quickly, you can be like, all right, where is that? Oh, okay. And you're yes. kind of done. You don't need to keep getting smacked in the face. Right. So like, so like, even though the calm is gone and the fear is gone, if the ego is still there, so you're not quite getting into 5D, it's, it has got a purpose. It's working in the situation you're in, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. But the thing is, we don't want to remain there. We want to transcend that situation so that we don't have to wait for the shit to fly in our face because we're fairly confident that the whatever happens will be okay. Yes. Or that we can manage it. But what scares us about that mm-hmm. is that we have such a, and me included, have <laughs> such a, an attachment mm-hmm. to the idea of what an ending is. Mm. And we always think that when, when an ending happens, it's because our lives are going to blow up. Nothing's going to be the same. It's going to be really shit. Like, it's not going to be better. It's going to be worse. You know, like, we have such, you know, there's a reason why we call something a happy ending. Because if it wasn't for the word happy, we're just assuming it's a sad ending. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, that's you put true. happy in there for a reason <laughs> to, to, to explain that it's not what we normally think an ending is. For me, when it came to doing those last bits of my ego in the sense of trying to control everything, trying to foresee what was going to happen based on my actions, etc. Mm-hmm. Not that I have no, you know what I mean? What I'm trying to say uh, was the idea that, well, if this goes, then who am I? Mm, yes. Will I be no one? Where will I be? And I wanted to cling to the safe mm-hmm. without fully realizing that actually on the other side, I was me 
plus 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 <laughs> and <laughs> keep just I, love it. I can't help um, it <laughs> all we're actually doing is getting rid of the voice that tells us we have to prepare for the worst yeah or that change is going to hurt all the time I know I, I am in, in the sort of minority in many ways and that was another thing for because for me change would always be awesome doesn't matter what it never mattered no, yeah, what I it would change. be i was like it's got to be better than this or it's just going to be different and i'll be fine kind of feel like it sort of was ingrained in me by my parents that you were always going to be the constant in your world and you had to manage it and understanding that i always knew that in managing it i could keep myself safe how can you embrace the uncertainty when you can't actually embrace something you don't know or see, right? I always found that a bit mm. of a like contradiction. It's mm-hmm. like, I'm just going to embrace the uncertainty of what happens next. Well, you don't know what that is. But does it I matter? Mean, I- it wasn't about uncertainty. I think one way to look at it is just, I just understood that in moving forward, whether I could see it or not, which mind you, I couldn't see everything all the time. I mean, I would just wing it half the time. But it was always about seeing that it would always move me forward and that change was always about all the possibilities that could arise. Even the ones I couldn't necessarily conceive of. Even if it didn't really work out ideally, right? Where I was like kind of caught and landed on my ass. I was like, okay, I know I'll be fine. I think those experiences when we are deconstructing our ego really do teach us that level of humility and personal trust that oh, I can weather this because I've weathered worse. And sometimes Mm -hmm. that is the upside of shit happening. And that is Mm -hmm. what empowers us is, well, if I can get through my karma, then I can pretty much get through anything. I mean, I did grow up in a family that was very much like, it could always be worse, Liz. I feel like, okay, fine. (laughs) I grew up in a family, fear was something to be embraced because it kept you safe. What I find crazy though, is it actually is a disempowered individual. You don't actually feel safe. No. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, okay, well, fear is good because it keeps you safe. If you're scared of jumping off the cliff, then you won't die when you jump off it. But actually, like, it, when I think about it, it's like, well, what I'm doing there is I'm just giving away my power to someone else. I'm basically making sure that someone or something else is ensuring my safety instead of myself. And that means that the price of that safety is effectively my freedom. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I'm basically giving away my freedom. Mm-hmm for the illusion yes the illusion because that it's i'm not, safe exactly it's an illusion because it's not real it can't possibly be real yeah well you can't be real if, if someone else let's put it and this is gonna sound like a really weird example okay but if i'm holding a priceless glass vase which is mine right mm-hmm. and i know i cannot break it i will do everything in my best in, in my, the best i can to hold that vase if i go all right i don't trust myself for it to slip I'll give it to you. Can you Mm -hmm. hold it for me? Yes. That's not keeping the priceless. You know what I mean? You could drop it. You don't care as much as I do about my priceless glass vase. No one's going to give a shit about my life the way I do. Right. No one's going to live my life for me the way I want to live it. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. It doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. So I'm giving away my freedom. Mm -hmm. I'm basically saying, hey, you, you're in charge of my safety. Instead of being like, you know what, I'm keeping my freedom and I'm in charge of my own safety. Mm -hmm. And that is probably the safest I can be. And that's where you are most empowered and in your power. And that's where we really start to reach our divine identity. 
Which makes total sense, Liz, because if we think about it, mm-hmm. all these seasons have been owning yourself, trusting yourself, loving yourself, having mm-hmm. faith in yourself, knowing yourself. All that stuff starts with yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So once you really cultivate that, I trust myself to hold the glass vase. Yes. I trust. I have faith in myself to keep it safe. Mm-hmm. I only gave it to you and I didn't trust myself or have faith in myself that I could. So then that makes sense. That's why we have to work on that stuff first is mm-hmm. that we have to be able to trust ourselves and have faith in ourselves and know ourselves and all that stuff in order to then choose for ourselves mm-hmm. and give ourselves the freedom and then keep ourselves the constant in our lives no matter what else happens. And then we are in our power and therefore in our divine identity once we've like gotten rid of the rest of our ego. Yeah. So effectively, when it comes to how we deal with our ego, the choice is safety and disempowerment or courage and freedom. And it will take at least 20 years to fully realize this. And by the 20 years, I really mean for enough people on this planet to get to. Because all of that... Why is it egoless? Not a complete egoless state, but an empowered enough and low ego state enough to make a difference. Oh, wow. So we're really looking at another generation. Okay. So, but I want to explain this a bit more because I'm really curious. (laughs) I just feel like they kind of threw that one out there and I was like, what? But I can see that though. So if you imagine people are still swimming in their karma and either they could be fortunate enough like you, (laughs) if you will, and take a crash course (laughs) and devote every waking second to this, or it might take time. Might take a little bit longer. Then you have the ego. A lot of people, even spiritual people, will argue that ego identity is important because they equate ego identity with the individual, mm. right? It's the and, and that's sort of that unique individualism we have. Like I am Liz, and I'm this, I'm that. It's it can be a healthy thing in that sort of pop psychology way. Mm. But what we're talking about goes beyond that. You know, in order to really and fully be in oneness consciousness, the ego cannot reside, because again, that's still a form of separation. Well, it's the ego that says should. That's mm. the easiest way to think about it. Mm-hmm. I should. He mm-hmm. should. Yeah. We should have. And it's also a very limiting way still to regard ourselves. And it still keeps us in our human identity. So if we really are to move into oneness consciousness and be able to hold the most expanded perspective possible that is required for 5D and oneness and beyond, it doesn't help to have that anymore. You don't allow the world to surprise you. Mm. You don't get to see the the joy that you didn't see coming. Mm. You're always waiting for the other shoe to fall, right? And that's not always necessarily fear. Sometimes that's just the ego telling you it's been done like this before. It's got to keep, it's going to be like this again. But that's the thing, Liz, is Mm. that like karma doesn't let us do that. It doesn't let us have the uncertainty. No. (laughs) The uncertainty is literally, I am not good enough. Yep. Therefore, if I don't know what's going to happen next, it will hurt me because there is something wrong with me. Right. We oh, keep, yeah. like our karma is keeping us imprisoned in this fear and it keeps in, keeping us imprisoned in the self-loathing that yes. we can't embrace even a different possibility. Yeah. 
other than the worst case scenario because we believe that's what we deserve or we believe that's what what's coming regardless of what we deserve or what we're worth and I want to make that distinction on purpose because there were times I was in my karma where I said I don't deserve this I'm not worth this Mm. but I was still in my karma and it really was the underneath belief that if there was a shitty outcome and a not shitty outcome the shitty outcome would be what I would experience yes. unless it was controlled within an inch of a life. You know what I mean? Like, and mm-hmm. that was simply because. Well, it's the non-reality reality. Without karma, we become unbound. So karma binds us to a non-reality reality. And outside of karma, we are unbound. Because and anything it, is possible. Exactly. And that just could become uncomfortable, as you might have, you can attest to. But you're forced to finally navigate your life on your own terms. Something we've never been able to do before. And we often don't want to do, as you described in your vase analogy, is you are so afraid it will all go to shit. You'll drop the vase and it'll smash into smithereens and then you're going to cut yourself on the glass. And then who are you? Yeah, and no one wants to face, I am not good enough. I'm never going to win at life. Yeah. There's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. When the truth is none of those things are true. No. But unless we can hold the fact that we think they are, Mm-hmm. or we believe they are we can't challenge them we've got to be able to hold our shit before we lose it and the ego is there to stop us from holding our shit because it doesn't think we can lose it afterwards <laughs> it's like no that shit's gross no. which means we just which ends up being that we become enslaved to something that doesn't exist no we become enslaved to an ideology as we've seen more and more people getting stuck on their ideologies and philosophies and virtue signaling and everything and re- or relationships or we just get stuck in our fears and they don't go anywhere and so we don't go anywhere we don't get to actually find out that none of those things were ever true we have now had over 115 episodes 100 this isn't the what number 118 a good 95 of those episodes i didn't believe that this was possible people can hear how i was and what i believed mm-hmm I really didn't think, like, I was just so worried. Every single time you said, no, things can be good. And I was like, no, they can't. (laughs) Maybe for a second. (laughs) Yeah, max. And so I do think that, like, it is possible. It is possible to get to a life where we are free and we are empowered Mm -hmm. and we're loving it. Mm -hmm. Not that we're paying for it in some other way. But in order to do that, we have to try and let go of our ego as much as we can. And honestly, it's uncomfortable. It is. And it's important, I think, for us to distinguish the fact that we can hold the possibilities and encourage people to move in that direction, but understand that it's not about the fantasy. It's about always being grounded in that reality. And it's a karmic reality until it's not a karmic reality if that makes sense. And even then, it's the karmic hangover. <laughs> and that's the other bit I'm going to throw out, though. Yes, we don't like endings. None of us do. Not some of but, us. Well, I mean, I definitely don't. I definitely don't like endings. But the one thing that I did think about is that there are some endings which are fucking cool, like the end of our karma. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the end of our episode. <laughs> Thank you for listening. For more information, articles, and inspiration, find us at karmasmybitch.com and at karmasmybitch.insta. And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review.